Joy, sadness, anger, fear, disgust. Just your average episode of Have You Seen? Welcome to episode 126. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 126 of Have You Seen? Um, I am Kieran Lefort and approximately six feet away from me at the other end of a dark table is Tom Webb. <laughs> Hello. Um, we should probably not faff around. We've got an awful lot to get through. Yeah. Because we did two pitches last week, mm-hmm. plus there were some extra bits onto the pitch I gave you Yes, that you might not have watched. Uh, yes, I did watch You did watch it? Okay. Yeah. And we had a Have You Seen Company Outing yes. to a movie as well. Yeah. So what orders do we want to tackle things in? <clears throat> okay. Let's Should we do, do the company outing first? Yeah, I was going to say, let's, okay. do, let's do that first. Right. And then uh, either way for the others. So uh, back in 2014, I uh, put some money into a campaign on Indiegogo for Laser Team, which is the first uh, full-length live-action movie from Rooster Teeth, creators of Red vs. Blue and Achievement Hunter and yeah. all kind of the ridiculous amount of YouTube subscriptions. I'm like 25 million YouTube subs. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of their output. I've been watching Red vs. Blue since... Almost since inception. Yeah. Um, are you buzzing? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Somebody else is yeah, as well, well somewhere. What is going on? <laughs> it's just both my devices are getting notifications for fine. completely different things all at the same time. Fun. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So uh, I kicked in uh, the minimum amount to get, basically to get a physical copy. Uh, and then it was announced there were going to be screenings when they launched the movie. They did... Uh, not crowdfunded, but crowdsourced screenings around the world with a company called Tug, which basically is um, people decide they want to have a screening of this movie in their town. They contact their cinema, and the cinema says, yeah, if you sell 50 tickets, then we'll do it. Yeah, um, And that kind of thing. And then mm. the things happen. And they had a whole load of these all over the world, including Fiji. Mm. Um, I guess that's you know the sort of thing that is made possible by digital projection. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and I will say this was very obviously digitally projected. Yeah. Um, so uh, we went along. I was originally going to just like uh, hang when I got my Blu-ray. I was just going to say let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but we decided to go to the screening instead. Um, let me open a little bit of IMDb. Laser Team is a sci-fi action comedy uh, about uh, there is. It's based on the Wow signal. Mm. Which was like the one, like it's, it's this one unexplained burst of radioactivity from the yeah. heavens uh, that was circled by the radio operator at the time on the printout and just wrote "Wow" and it became the "Wow" signal. It's never really been explained. Although mm. you say that, I meant to look it up and I completely forgot. A couple of days before we went to the screening, yeah, somebody thinks they've got an explanation for it. Oh, there was definitely like I saw some articles pop up about the "Wow" signal mm. and about how how that's being interpreted and. Some people think, oh, maybe it's this, that, and the other. So I think there's some new theories as to what it actually was. But I just haven't had the chance Probably to not what this was. No, I doubt it was what this was. No. Well, the movie posits that it was a um, a warning from an alien race. Yeah. That uh, uh, at some point in the future, uh, a great disaster will befall Earth. Uh, aliens will invade Earth. And the only defense against it is going to be this uh, suit that they will send. Mm. Uh, a laser suit, if you like. Yeah. Uh, it comes in four parts. The idea is that the champion of Earth will wear it. It will be a pair of boots to make him run faster and jump higher. There'll be a helmet to improve his cognitive abilities. Mm-hmm. There will be uh, a gauntlet which uh, disper- disperses a shield, uh, and the key part of it, a laser cannon, yeah. which fits on one arm. Looks a bit. Like, it looks a bit like Mega Man mm-hmm. in the end, with like one. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea is that one person will wear the suit and defend Earth. Unfortunately, it's found by four idiots who end up with one piece of it on each. Yeah. Um, and then the alien threat arrives yeah. and uh, this one laser man becomes a laser team and mm-hmm. they must defend. Um, I don't think we should go too much into the story because this movie has only been out a week or two. Yeah, has it even got like its proper distributed release yet? That's on the way. Um, is it just like special screenings so far? Yeah, there is a theatrical release, a small theatrical release in the US Right. Uh, I got an email saying there would be more screenings in the UK. Right. Um, and the other thing they're do- one of the things they're doing is it's one of the launch titles on YouTube Red, which is YouTube's um, pay for service. Pay for service. Yeah. Um, 
and there are digital versions available. So I have already been sent as part of my package no. um, a digital streaming link, a digital download, and my Blu-ray have already arrived. Wow. Uh, and I meant to actually watch it again before we did this. Mm. Uh, but I think we should keep this to what we think rather than... What it's about. What it's about. Okay. What do you think? So, I enjoyed it. I think that... Where we went to see it, mm-hmm. we saw it with a crowd of people who are really into Rooster Teeth. Bigger fans than I am, definitely. Yeah. Just making references went way over my head. Absolutely. And I was, so like, I mean. And I consume a lot of their output. Yeah. And I, like, I mean, I don't consume any of their output. I occasionally. No, you've watch, seen some Red versus Blue. Yeah. I've and seen, I've probably sent you some slow mo guy stuff. And yeah. I've watched Immersion that, and that and, kind of thing. Yeah. So I've, I've watched like the, the odd video, but I don't know the people. No. Like, uh, you know, I couldn't really pick them out of a no, lineup no. or something. So a lot of that I was kind of like. It kind of felt like I, I was kind of like, well, I don't understand what this is. Yes. Um, oh, I should be clear that I hadn't told you anything about no, the film other no. than it was Rooster Teeth's first live yeah, action movie. That's all we I knew. Yeah. And, and to be perfectly frank, I kept forgetting the name of the title. So <laughs> I was just like, I know it's the Rooster Teeth movie, but yeah, I don't fine. know anything else other than that. So, kind of, my overall impressions were I think when, when we left the cinema, I was like, I'm not really sure how good it was. Mm. Thinking about it, after that, I quite enjoyed it. Mm. I think I probably would have enjoyed it more just watching the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, because I think being in that crowd, there were things about it that put me off. I thought exactly the same thing. So Part of the problem I had was yeah. that jokes would get drowned out by people losing their shit over a cameo, like a one-shot cameo yeah. from a Rooster Teeth member of staff. Yeah, exactly. Who I have... N- like, like you- Even the people I knew, oh, great, that's Lindsay. Oh, great, that's so-and-so. Yeah. What was that joke I've just missed? Yeah, that's the problem I had, because it was just like they would... And sometimes I felt that they would put in something specifically just to get a member of staff on screen, which didn't necessarily serve the story. Kind of, but it was something they had said during the production was that there will be Rooster's Teeth stuff in this, mm. but it will be background. It won't be foreground. Yes, yeah. So, like, if you're a fan, you will know these things. Yeah, and I, but I kind of thought, and the problem was we saw it with 300 fans. Yeah, and I kind of felt that maybe uh, this is going to sound really weird, but I think maybe they tried to serve the fans too much rather than the story. Possibly. So I think they might have got bogged down a bit in their own kind of uh, in jokes. Yeah. To an extent. Mm. Whereas if they'd really kind of focused on the core story mm. and the core thing. Well, this is why I wanted to watch it again before we talked yeah. about it. Yeah. So I think that if, and I think being in that crowd just highlighted all the, the stuff that yeah. effectively detracts from it being a movie. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was well shot. I thought the action was good. Mm. Some of the acting's a bit ropey. Yeah. And it's kind of patchy. So that some people start off a bit bad but then by the end they're actually quite good yeah so I, it was kind of like you could tell that it was you don't want to say amateur but kind of non-professional pe- non-professional actors yeah if that makes sense some yeah. are, some some of them are it's some very are. interesting things like um it's not a spoiler because it's in one of the trailers once uh gavin free loses the american accent he's having to put on and can just speak and be yes. english he's much much better absolutely yeah and one of the deleted scenes i okay so we got to see a deleted scene at the end of the movie yeah uh and my download link i got a different deleted scene right i think the same scene but different, D- different i can't types. remember uh but that version that I was sent was funnier than the one that's in the movie. Right. And it's just him and the other guy riffing Riff, yeah. and improvising. Yeah. And funnily enough, I mean, it's probably because we're English, but I found his stuff was the funniest. Yeah. And usually it was him exclaiming a very, very British term. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking of the same thing. Yeah. yeah the, the, so like, you know, there'd be a situation and he would just say something that is a, compl- like, it's a very UK mm. sense of humour, like creating a swear word out of non-swear words. Yeah. But if you watch things like uh, the Achievement Hunter GTA videos, yeah. that's him. That's him oh, swearing in yeah. British very <laughs> yeah. loudly and yeah. creatively to the bemusement of Americans all around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I get mm. that. Um, so, yeah, I thought, it, so I'd like to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I think it f- it's funny. It kind of, 
it it did feel like one of those sort of low budget sci-fi comedies that you would see on like Netflix or something like yeah. that. It kind of like it, it fit very nicely mm. into that kind of genre. Mm. Um, but there were elements of it that I thought were were better than that, and there some were elements the, that I thought were not so good. Yeah, some of the digital effects are really good, and yeah. some of them are a bit yeah eh. yeah uh, rushed maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um, this was a very a low budget affair. They haven't disclosed what the actual budget was. Yeah. The Indiegogo campaign, um, they asked for $650,000. They got 2.4 million, which made them the highest funded movie in Indiegogo history and right. possibly the highest funded project in Indiegogo history. Right. Um, but that wasn't the total budget. They already had some money to start yeah, with. Yeah, I would imagine, judging by the credits we saw, that YouTube would have dumped a bunch Maybe, in. maybe. Because there might be some kind of contra deal going yeah, on Yeah, because, I mean, they're a big deal for YouTube. Very. And... Oh yeah. If YouTube want to get into the the Netflix Amazon zone, which is, seems to be what they're trying to do, they're gonna. I mean, if you look at what's happened at Sundance recently, mm. the biggest spenders, Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, they've been going and they've been really flashing the cash about mm. and buying indie movies for obscene amounts of money. Yeah. Um. So I think YouTube they're gonna have to dig deep into pockets to. But they're Google. They've got deep pockets. Mm, they're not Google anymore. YouTube still belongs to Google. Really? I thought yeah. they'd split. No. I thought they'd split, yeah. but um, yeah. So I, I, I could, I could imagine that there was a chunk of money there, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was, it was fun and it was a really good. Con- I know you want to talk about the plot so much, but yeah. it's a good concept and the kind of the way the story evolves. Yes, works very yeah, well. The core story does work very well, and and that's why I was a little bit disappointed that they kept like shoehorning in those kind of mm. like references and cameos because like that story is strong enough to work. Yeah, like it's you're not. You don't have to pander to your core fans. No, but if your core fans, core fans have given you two and a half million dollars, <clears throat> yeah, I can understand the. I can understand. <laughs> yeah, I get that, but I suspect that even if they hadn't done that, the core fans would have been happy. Yeah, quite possibly. Because I think it was a strong enough product without that. So are we saying tone it down a bit for the second movie? Whatever yeah, that like, movie may be. Yeah, like I mean, because I don't. I think this is going to be the start of. I don't think. Return on revenue matters for this project for them, right? If that makes sense, yeah. Well, it depends. Well, I guess. I mean, if you've, I, I'm sure it does in a bit. I am sure it was low budget enough that it will cover its costs. Yeah, one way or another. Yeah, and if they've done, but it, it wasn't made as a money making exercise. Well, the thing with Indiegogo is you effectively cover your costs before you make it, don't you? But I'm also talking about the the other costs. Right, I see. Yeah, like if there's extra budget from yeah. other people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So enough. there will yeah, be, yeah. like, there's merchandise surrounding it. Yeah. Um, there will be, the, that Blu ray I got, that's going to yeah, that's that's be yeah. a good And a that, was a, that was a high quality looking product. Oh, yeah. It oh, wasn't yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Definitely. Well, I haven't put it in the play yet. We'll find right, out. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. But no, I don't think this was, if we make a movie, we can make millions. No, I think no, it's, it's, we're yeah. at the point where we can try this. Yeah. And it still has that feeling that it's something that they wanted to do just for the fun of doing it. Like, yes. I mean, it, there's that point where you do stuff because you enjoy doing it. Mm. And then you kind of reach the point where it becomes the career and you do that stuff because you yeah. need to do it to make money and you have to do it and it becomes more of a job. Whereas this yeah. still felt like it was a... In a way, it's almost like the absolute pinnacle of a bunch of mates making a short film. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Really? Yeah. Putting in jokes for all of your friends. Yeah. Doing, you know, but on a huge scale. Mm. I mean, you know. Yeah. I, like I say, it, you know, it, it it looked good and the core story worked really well, I thought. Yes. I was slightly annoyed I didn't like it as much as I thought, but I think that was because, as you say, the environment we saw it in. Yeah. So I have a question for you then. Yeah. Was it worth your money? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of the amount of product I got out of it. Yeah. For what I paid. Right. And we did pay extra for the tickets. So that, yeah. but the way I look at that is we are paying the cinema for showing this film. We are not. Yes. Yeah. I am absolutely. not paying to see this movie yeah. again. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got out of it at my, I think I paid $35 or £35. I can't remember which. Right. It was either $50 or it was £35 or I paid $35. Right. And like I said, for that, I've got the movie in three different versions. Yeah. Uh, each with unique extras. Yeah. Um, uh, they've been putting up behind the scenes videos, which Backers got first. I think I have a 
copy of the script on the way at some point. Right. Uh, and I think there were a couple of other perks as well. And for that, like I said, I went in at the minimum that would get me a physical copy. Yeah. And I got more, I got more than that for my money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed the film. Yeah. I think I would have liked it to be a bit better, but I yeah. think it's a very good first try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have kept it to PG-13 slash 12A in the UK, mm. which that's the... I criticise that rating a lot, but yeah. that is the best... That is the guarantees the biggest possible audience for that movie. Yeah, and also I think that... See, this is where the, this is where an issue comes with being an entity online. Yeah. Is the fact that your audience can be any age. Yes. And you obviously... You know, oh, I have met kids in Rooster Teeth t-shirts. I have met forty-five-year-old yeah. men in Rooster Teeth t-shirts. Yeah, so you kind of like if you're going to make some, somewhere, if you're going to make something that has is a, is a certificated product in yes. terms of age ranges, yeah. you kind of that's is where you want to go because yeah, yeah. you know next step up is fifteen. Yeah, that twelve to fifteen age range could be a huge amount of people. Yeah, that is oh, yeah, your yeah, yeah. core audience. So uh, yeah, I think you, I think they were right to do that. It, it's yeah. pitched. It's pitched right. Yeah. Um, I had a point. I can't remember what it was. No, sorry. I'm sure it was massively insightful. Uh, yeah, I do recommend you can see. It. You should see it if you can. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a fun three star movie rather than a knockout five star movie. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, I'd say that. Like I said it's cred- it's a creditable first first go. Yeah. Uh, it would be a good kind of what I, I guess you'd call a beer and pizza movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, a group yeah, of yeah. friends. And just something silly to watch. Yeah, I would and... like to watch it with a bunch of friends who don't know anything about Rooster Teeth. Yeah. I think. Yeah, without that knowing audience. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think what I might do is lend you the Blu-ray. Right. And I'll watch one of my many download versions. Right. Uh, and we can maybe revisit it in a few yeah. few episodes. Yeah, like, that would be quite when, good. When we've had the chance to actually hear the script, hear the jokes Does and concentrate yeah. on the story. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what my wife would think of it. Yeah, because it's the sort of thing she'd either really like it or she'd just hate it. So I, I can't. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can't. See I would say, will... don't let her listen to this episode. No. Just watch it with her. Yeah, and then we yeah. can talk about it at some other point. All right, yeah. maybe I'll bring that in for you next week. Yeah. All right, so that's Laser Team covered. Yeah. Uh, onto the movies we were actually scheduled to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do we want to do first? Um, I don't. We've mind. got Twelve Angry Men and Inside Out. We should yeah. say that we haven't met. What we like twenty minutes in. Yeah. God, that's um, going to be a long episode. Yeah, I, I don't know. What yeah. what would you want to go with first? Um, do you want to do 12 Angry Men first? Yeah, sure. Okay, I watched that very, very recently. Do you want to set it up? Yeah, it's... Um, and I'll knock it out of the park. <laughs> okay, it's a film from 1952? Uh, Two? Six slash seven. Six slash seven. The, the title card, the, the date card says 56. Different. I think it was a 57 release. Right, okay. Um, and it's a really, really simple setup for a film. It's a stage play, and it's basically what happens in a jury room when uh, a young boy is uh, on trial for murder and 12 men have to sit in a room and decide his fate. Yes. And it's essentially that, and it's and it's about the interaction between the men, their own personal motivations for why they think he did or didn't do it. It... Um, and basically, everyone kind of goes around the room, gives their arguments, and it's about finding that, like, how how much do you talk about something before you make that decision? And yeah, uh, it, it's about uh, sort of burden of proof and uh, knowing whether something is beyond reasonable doubt, and kind of all of that stuff. And I hadn't watched it until fairly recently. But I have. It's done... one of those things I felt I always should have seen, but hadn't. Yeah, same here. And and I think that if I'd seen it, so I've done jury duty, and I think if I'd oh, seen yeah. it before, I would have thought it was good. Having seen it after, I thought it was brilliant. Right. Um. And yeah, I just I thought it was really, despite the fact it was made in, well, what would be sixty years ago now. Yeah. Um. It was still absolutely representative of what it's like to be in one of those rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I'd, and it, you know, it's it's one of those like classical 
classic casts and brilliant performances. Uh, shares a cast member with the taking of Pelham One Two Three. It does, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually wrote down all the all the names of the actors. I've just for, got IMDb for reference. Open. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I was just interested to see what you thought of it, it being this kind of classic, mm. and see whether you found it interesting, resonated with it. Um, I thought that the destination was very predictable. Yes. I knew how it was going to turn out. Yeah. However, the journey is worth every second. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think it's an excellent piece of writing mm. um, and a good film. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a writer's movie, not a director's movie. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. My microphone is trying to commit suicide <laughs> very, very slowly. Hold on. There we go. There we go. Right, that's mostly right. pointing up a nostril now. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's fine. Yeah. Um, you were right that in places it's very stagey because it's twelve blokes in a room for most yeah. of it. Um, and I think I want to see a stage version. Yeah, yeah. They've been. Several... It gets put on uh, all the time. Yeah, I think the person who kind of has done the biggest production of it recently was Kevin Spacey. Right. I think he did it at, maybe at the Old Vic, possibly. <laughs> My microphone's going again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm going to keep that in or edit it out. That was the most amazing noise. <laughs> You're doing a BBC sound effects take. A little bit. Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey, Old Vic, Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's where he did it. I, I, I might be wrong. You can kind of see this is the sort of thing that he would do. Yeah, he he would like. Um, but yeah, I thought the the cast was brilliant. And yeah, the performances in general are very just, good. Yeah, and what I liked about it, what I liked about the the writing and the direction was. You have 12 distinct characters, yeah, all believable people. Mm. Some do go a little over the top on occasion. Yeah. Um, but commendably, they're not given equal time. No. It's like a real room. Yeah, Some absolutely. people hang back. Some people dominate the room. There, yeah. are, um, there are observers. There are reasonable people, assholes, smart people, dumb people, racist people, observant yeah. people. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. And it is, I've never. I think we mentioned last yeah. last time. I haven't done jury duty. No. And the um, the thing I I really liked about it was that you they start you get these little factions where people start to have these little arguments or discussions or debates about like the most tiniest detail. Yeah. Other people will be like, why are you, why are you even bothering discussing that? Yeah. But other people get really hung up on mm. really tiny details. So there's a there's a segment where. Um, one of the key witnesses is an old guy and he's supposed to have been sitting in a chair and then uh, gone, oh, he's gone, to a win- yeah. Yeah, gone to a window. And, and to- so they were like, well, you know, hang on a minute. He had a limp. So is it conceivable that it took him longer than yeah. X amount of yeah. seconds to get from here to here? And, you know, so they've got a little diagram of the room with the things and they measure it out and, and, recreate, and, and they yeah. recreate it. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I can remember people... And the, and the steady cam shadow makes a little cameo. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I, can, I can remember, like, when I did jury duty, you would get people would obsess over, like, positions of people in rooms or, uh, like, a camera angle of a CCTV thing. And, yeah, it was... But I would argue, mm. in a murder case, as this one is, yeah. where... Um, a guilty verdict verdict means death. Yes. Every single detail is important. Oh, absolutely. I'm a details person yeah, anyway. Yeah, of but... course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and it, I just, I don't know, I, what you were saying about the different types of characters, I love the way that the characters are revealed by, they're not, they don't necessarily outright say stuff about themselves. No. But things are revealed in their points of view, mm. the way they talk about certain subject matters and discuss things. Mm. Um, I think one of, the, one of the sort of most sort of stagey elements, moments, is when one of the characters starts to reveal his severely racist tendencies. Yes. And that's his reason mm. for wanting this kid to die. Yeah. Not because he thinks whether he did it or not, just because he doesn't like the colour of his skin. Yeah. Um, and... One by one, the rest of the room turns against him, and they they literally stand up and turn their back yeah. to him. And that's kind of one of those moments where you go, oh, "Okay, this is definitely a stage play." Yeah, um, but I'm not I'm not sure how else you could do that on film. No, particularly today, it would have to have a twist. Yeah, like Henry Fonda's character would have to have a motivation beyond just being beyond just reasonable doubt. Yes, like 
it would be like he actually was the murderer or you know yeah yeah this kid means something to yeah. him. the accused means something to him I th- and- I, yeah i think you're right they nowadays you'd probably try to make it more more clever than it needs to be yes because people kind of think, oh, there's got to be, there has to be that hook or twist or yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, Which is how I find myself watching every modern movie now. I'm like, okay, what's the yeah, how I, is this I turning? I know this is gonna, yeah, yeah, because that's just what we do now. Yeah, and and then things become predictable because mm. you're like, okay, well, it's yeah, what would be the most, you know, if I was writing this, what twist would I do? Oh, I would make so and so this and that, and then that's what happens. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I particularly liked. Um, the performance by E.G. Marshall, and he's the one with the little glasses who never sweats. Oh, he's got the like, octagonal specs, yeah. hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, because he's he's quite firm in his belief, mm. and and you know it's it's set during the hottest day of the year, and they can't get the aircon or the fan working, mm. and the windows aren't really helping very much, and he's sitting there in his three piece suit, completely calm. Mm. Not a trace of sweat on him. Everybody else is soaked, like, yeah. especially towards the end. Absolutely. But I love the bit you build up to the moment where he realizes that his own argument is flawed mm. and he starts to sweat. And yeah. it's just that little, like, drip one tiny of sweat. bead of sweat. And you're yeah. like, you know, there's the moment that he has realized he needs to change his mind. Mm. So, yeah, I loved stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I thought Henry Fonda's brilliant as this kind of. The reasonable man in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Because when it starts out, it's 11 to 1 and he's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's not... And when he's the one, his position isn't this boy is innocent. He's just this boy might not be guilty. Yes. And it kind of goes from there. Yeah. Um, And it's it's like we were saying on the last show that... So it's not even 11 to 1. It's it's 11 to to a a half. Yeah, 11 and a half to a half, yeah. Yeah. so it it you know it, having watched this just before watching making a murderer yeah um like when you when you sit and watch that series mm. you're you're forever going how can how can anyone reach this decision or that decision yeah. based on what you're being told to be fair those the documentary team didn't necessarily give you all of the details uh it appears not no um but I've seen some of the stuff that they haven't, they did, they excluded, and it's mm. not particularly, yeah, wouldn't necessarily have changed opinion. Something funny still went on, yes. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody about about it, and and the conclusion we kind of reached was that he, you know, there's a twenty five percent to fifty percent chance that he did commit that murder. Mm. And there's a fifty to seventy percent chance he didn't commit that murder, but because of that twenty to fifty percent, you can't find him guilty because mm. it's reasonable doubt. Mm. So yeah, it's and that that kind of it resonated with with this because it is that it's that thing. There's no solid evidence. Yeah. And what do you do in that thing? That that situation where it's you know you might believe somebody is guilty, but you don't know that they're guilty. Yeah. And and on the the case I was a juror on that was that was absolutely the the case the crux mm. of it and I think our verdict was ten to two right. because two people would absolutely not could not accept the concept that if they believed he was guilty that meant that he was guilty mm. not that if they believed he was guilty that he could be proven. It wasn't proved that he was guilty. If that makes sense, they could they couldn't see the distinction between the two yeah, thoughts. Yeah, um, which is a risk you run with a a jury of, or effectively layperson when it comes to the law, because that's one of the things that when whenever a point of law is discussed, you get kicked out of the kicked out of the room. Right. So so if something comes up where there's precedent in a in a previous case, you're sent out of the room. The lawyers and the judge discuss it. And then you come back in again, right? Okay. So, so you like you don't get you don't get bogged down in that side of it, mm. which is both a good thing and a bad thing, mm. because it you know, yeah. So anyway, that I don't know. You should be telling me what you think of it, really. I have. I thought yeah. it was great. I really cool. enjoyed it, all of it. Um, yeah, from start to finish. In fact, actually, that's really good. I, I like the fact also it, it follows that three act structure absolutely bang on thirty yeah. minutes, sixty minutes, ninety minutes. Definitely it's, does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very very well constructed movie. Marvelous. Should we move on? Yeah.
Yeah. Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, bang up to date. Yeah. Uh, it is... Oh, what has happened? <laughs> Hold on. My phone's throwing a wobbler. There we go. Uh, I'm woefully underprepared for this show. <laughs> um, so it is uh, Pixar's uh, big movie from last year. Mm. Good Dinosaur doesn't count. Um, and for me... It's up there with the peak of Pixar. Like right. this, for me, is up there with the first two Toy Story movies and Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo and all those ones that people say are Pixar's best. Right. I I saw this on a plane and loved it to bits. Right. Uh, I watched it on my big TV at home and loved it even more. Right. As I said last week, um, on the outside, it's the story of eleven of an eleven-year-old girl from Minnesota called Riley. Uh, she's an only child and she moves with her parents to San Francisco with her father's job. He's in tech startup yeah. um, with a company with a stupid name, uh, which is most of San Francisco, actually. Um, on the inside, though, is the real story. Her five core emotions are joy, sadness, fear, anger, and disgust, sharing and fighting over control of the console that drives her. Yeah. Um, I think I said last time, there's like it's brightly colored and there's some sometimes misplaced slapstick. Mm. Um but I thought there's more, much more in it for adults and kids. And it's just the perfect pictorial representation of the psychology of growing up. Yeah. Um, we know I love it. Did you like it? I'm not sure. Really? Yeah. I Show's over. Let's go home. Uh, well, I, the reason being, you kind of mentioned on mentioned it just then. So I love the idea of it. I love the concept. I think mm. it's really, really good. I'm not sure about the execution. Really? So I think that it's a it's a brilliant idea. There are elements of it that are really well executed. But the thing that where it falls down for me is it's elements of the script and the dialogue and the themes are aimed at one age range. Right. And the style in which they're done are aimed at another. Yeah. And it doesn't always work. Fine. And I think it was that kind of mishmash that it would it would kind of lurch a bit from a movie aimed at sort of maybe seven to eight, ten, mm. to one that was aimed at like twelve to fifteen. Mm. And and it kind of it I don't know, it just didn't quite mesh. And the bits that I enjoyed the most were actually where you had a scene of multiple people and you were jumping between each of their right, things. Okay. And that's the stuff that I liked most. Because um, I found... For this, we gave up the Brazilian helicopter pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, that I thought was quite nice because it, it represented how the adults were different to the children mm. and, you know, and that kind of stuff. When things like that, like in the parents' heads, they're adults, so they're... they're Control consoles are much larger. Yes, yeah. And the emotions aren't one at a time. They work in harmony. Yeah, yeah. Which is like just marvellous metaphor. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And also things like um, there's a bit where joy and sadness are gone. They're off on whatever adventure they get lost. Um, So disgust pretends to be joy and out comes sarcasm, which is just spot on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I th- there was all that sort of stuff. I thought was really good and really well done. Mm. It was just things like, um, I don't know. I just felt there were moments where the, the the content and the delivery method just didn't match okay. together. So it was a bit sort of jarring and off. And I found Amy Poehler a bit kind of. Over the top in places. And I know she she's can be, be that joy, yeah. But it's kind of like there were moments where it just it was mania, yeah. And it, I don't know. It just all the elements were there for me to really enjoy it. It just didn't quite click. And I'm, okay. you know, I'm, I'm kind of not quite sure which bits didn't work and which did. Okay. There were things that I did like. I liked the bit where they go through abstract thought. Yes. And they start deconstructing yeah, I and stuff like that. that. I thought that was really clever. D-A-N-G-E-R, shortcut. I couldn't believe that there was a Chinatown reference in it. Yeah. Which yeah. which made me giggle. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, and I like the way, like you say, that the combinations of the emotions then manifest themselves mm. as like disinterest or uh, sarcasm yeah. or what have you. And that, that, I thought that worked really well. And I like the way that it's that moment where you learn that uh, 
you need counter emotions to make the other emotions work. Yes. So, basically, the key is. Yeah. She's basically a happy person. Joy is in command. Yeah. And then sadness kind of creeps, creeps in. in. And to be a fully rounded human being, you need both Absolutely, sides of yeah. these things. Yeah. Because you can't. Anybody who's happy all the time, I'm suspicious of. Yeah. And you kind of. You need to. To really understand what joy is, you need to have sadness to counteract it because what you've got to effectively yes. you have a measure, a benchmark. Yes. And there's things like a memory can be both, both things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I again, it's one of those films that I kind of, there was a lots of, lots of stuff about it I liked. There was just little things that just kind of pulled me out and mm. made me think, oh, it's a shame that they did it that way or, you know, and I don't know what it was really. Maybe some of the characters' design in the in, in the interior, like in the yeah. the emotions and stuff like that. Mm. I don't know. That that kind of seems to be more like aimed at children animation. Yeah. Where, where whereas I don't know. May, maybe what I'm getting is the difference in tone between the exterior and interior world was so different and pitched at different age ranges. Okay. I, I don't know. It kind of felt like sometimes there were things in there that were just like, well, we better put in a couple of gags for the little kids that are going to go and see this. That is the difficulty of Pixar. Yeah. They make grown-up movies for children. Yes, absolutely. And I mean... And when they make children's movies for children, they're bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm. I think I, I think that my my overall favourite... Um, Pixar movie is Wally, right? Um, because that, but then the bit that is aimed more at younger children is like the last half, which is the least interesting half. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. It's kind of like you say when they, it's when you pitch it to the audience that they often use the style for, it mm. doesn't work. Mm. So yeah, it's a very. Very fine line, mm. and I can see how it can work brilliantly. It's just struck me that this is almost being John Malkovich for kids. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't really know what else to say, apart from the fact that, you know, it's a brilliant concept, mm. and there's some really good ideas, and there's some really brilliant idea ways of representing how That's things That's what happen. I like most about it, is the way things are represented. You know, yeah. like the... Um, there's, there are the workers who are in charge of um, getting rid of old memories, so, mm. which is just forgetting, and they go into a yeah. pit. Yeah. And, you know, Joy and there's an imaginary friend played mm. by Richard Kind who's yeah. just like a mess of a creature. Yeah. Uh, although I do like the I, I do like the line, he knows what he's doing, he's part dolphin, they're very smart. <laughs> yeah. um, and he and Joy fall into the pit. Yeah. And, like, that symbolises that they're going to be forgotten. And mm. ultimately... In the the moment that got me twice, he mm. sacrifices himself yes, so yeah, yeah. she can escape yeah. and carry on. And that's yeah. like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, children will have an imaginary friend the, who the, is now forgotten once yeah, they get to yeah. 11 or 12 years old. Absolutely. Just, yeah, I love all that. Tiny details like the imaginary boyfriend generator. Yes. And his first line, is, well, his first line is, I would die for Riley. His second line is, I live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, where American imaginary boyfriends come from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, yeah, it's those kind of it's those kind of representations of the things I enjoy most, I think. Yeah. And the line I like tragic vampire romance island. Yeah. Um, do we have any more to say? Um, I don't know that I can think of. Um Yeah, I like I said I found it more entertaining once you started to jump into multiple people's which they which is, which is the end credits where they jump about through a whole load of people. They do, yeah. And I, I just like I think that's including a, a cat and a dog. dog. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting in terms of, mm. uh, you know, playing out a scene mm. and then effectively seeing it from different people's points of view. Yeah. And how they, how they're sort of cognating what's mm. going on around them. But I thought that really worked well. You can't do that for a whole movie no. because it just becomes a sketch show. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, I also asked you to watch the two shorts that are yes. on the um, yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. Should we move on to those? Yes. Yeah. Because um, okay. one of them is, uh, one of them called Riley's First Date. Yeah. And it takes that approach. So, there's yes. a boy who shows up at the end of the yeah. film. I enjoyed see- that a lot more than the main film. 
I think probably because it's the concept of the main film distilled into four minutes. Yes, yeah, and I think it really, really works. Mm. Yeah, and it's got ACDC in it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and I, but I think that he's like you say, is that everything boiled down? Yeah, but without the. Um, so there are elements in the in the main movie where they feel the need to really explain the concept, and I kind of go, okay, that's fine because you're aiming this at yeah. a younger audience. Mm. But some of it is just like some of the exposition was a bit too full on, and right. it's like okay. actually your audience probably could have got that mm. without it being too much. Mm. Whereas in the short, you don't get yeah. anything like that; mm. it just jumps straight in, and I think it really, really works. Mm. Well, the idea is um, there's a boy we see towards the end of the film who yeah. is like just dumbstruck by Riley and he shows up at her door to take her out for the first time yeah. and classic, dad opens the door. Yes. Or mum. I can't remember. Well, dad, yeah. yeah dad, uh, dad. And he is left with dad yeah. while mum is upstairs trying to relate to Riley in teenager speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, it kind of jumps around between their heads. Mm. Um, I love that the dad... Who is Carl McLachlan? Yes. Yeah. Um, I love that all of his emotions have moustaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're all slight. Are they all the same shape as anger? Yes, they are. They're all yeah. variations of anger. Yes. The Which I think I'd, all the I'd, men are. I wondered if there was going to be like some sort of explanation of that, but mm. there never really was. And I wondered if maybe there was an element to the movie that they, that kind of got cut maybe out. Maybe he or was something. an angry kid who grew up. Yeah. Yeah, so that would have I was that kind of because everybody else has got the same set yeah, of yeah, yeah. of style uh, style character designs yeah, yeah. for those emotions, except yes. for him. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, like, they've all got moustaches. Like mm. the the mums have all got the same haircut. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So it's just yeah, it's it's two pairs of people trying to relate to each other. Yeah, in a short amount of time. Yes, and yeah, it's. It's dad trying to... He's not... Well, he's a date to start with, but it's dad trying to find common ground with daughter's boyfriend. Yes. Or the boy who could potentially be daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, or more... I think it starts off not him wanting to find common ground, finding the faults. Yes. Like, finding the reasons for why he's not good enough. Yeah. 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 I've, hey, I've met my fair share of girls' fathers and (laughs) had to go through this. Some of them with moustaches. Yeah. It's it's classic tropes explored in an interesting way, yeah. in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think it makes a really good like four minutes. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, Lava. Yeah. Which is essentially just an animated music video. Yeah. Um, uh, a volcano singing a song about how lonely, but generally quite happy he is, and yeah. hoping that there will be another volcano one day. Yes. And then along comes a lady volcano. Yeah. And it's just nice. Yeah, I just I, I I kind of expected it to be a bit more. Yeah, and I, but so I what, this like, one yeah. of the things that Pixar encourages is this kind of small concept film. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, it was one of those things that I thought it was okay, but not one of their best kind of shorts. Mm. I can't remember off the top of my head some of the better ones. My favorite, I think, is still for the birds. Yeah, that's the one that sticks in my I, mind, like, which is like four or five grumpy little birds trying to sit on a line, trying to sit on a line, and then this big dumb like yeah. messy stork thing comes and tries, <laughs> tries to join yeah. in yeah yeah I, I think that is still one of the best yeah i think there was one those big... birds are in inside out in a very tiny cameo oh, right. right at the beginning yeah right. um yeah so I, I yeah it was an interesting kind of little like you say almost like a little concept mm. um but it seemed a bit i can't think what the word is Insubstantial, yeah, but a little bit schmaltzy for Maybe. Pixar. Pixar generally are pretty good at being emotive and emotional, but without without going into that really horrible sugary yeah. sentiment. Yeah, yeah. And they generally walk that line really well. Whereas this, I thought, was a was little slightly bit the wrong side of the line. Yeah, just maybe mm. a little bit. But then, like you say, you know, it's only a little little mm. short that's designed to kind of do that sort of thing. And I've only seen it once, and I find myself humming the song sometimes. So they must have done something right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that kind of sort of Hawaiian ukulele music is quite catchy. Mm. It kind of is the sort of thing that does stick in your head because it tends to be very, very strong melody. Yeah, which a lot of music doesn't have now. Right. Yes. It, True. It, you know, music kind of over the last what I don't know twenty thirty years has veered more into rhythm as opposed mm. to melody, mm. and it's melodies that stick. 
I thought we were going to get into an old man music rant then. For no, a no, not at all. But it, uh, it is true. <laughs> yeah. That's why people, you know, it's, there's a whole thing in Inside Out about the the jingle for a mint advert yeah. that they keep. That the, yeah. That the, the guys that are in charge. But how of many times has an annoying advertising jingle popped into your head exactly. at exactly the wrong moment? Yeah. And it's all because of melody. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of it, that was kind of one of the, my favourite bits actually was them like those little workers just every now and then going oh we found this let's like send that back yeah. up again just <laughs> for the hell of it. Yes. All right. So we should move on and do some pictures. Yes. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, yeah. For okay. the simple reason that yeah. I don't know what I'm going to pitch. <laughs> right. Okay. I forgot my iPad. Right. I've had, I have some things in mind. Right. I don't have any notes. Okay. So you're about as prepared as I was. Oh, good. So I, I my, kind because of. Because my plan was to base what I pitch from a couple of options on whatever you pitch. Okay, here. right, all right. We'll see so what will sit best as a companion I, piece. Okay, I um, I kind of had an idea of what I was going to pitch you, and then I thought, ah, it's a bit, might be a bit too similar to taking a pen and one, two, three. Right. Because uh, it was that, that kind of era, that kind of style thriller movie. Mm. And then I saw something on my shelf that reminded me of something you'd said recently, and I thought, huh. That could be dangerous. Yeah. Well, it might be, because this might be a bit mean of me. But I'm going to pitch you something that um, I'm interested in how you'll, I'm interested in whether some of your preconceived notions and fears will feed into you enjoying (laughs) or not enjoying this movie. You're doing this just to get a reaction, aren't you? Or just to see what reaction you get. Uh, Kind kind of, but it's, it's slightly deeper than that, I think. So you mentioned that you're scared of something really specifically right that is oh, not the no. su- that is not the subject of horror movies right yeah so i'm going to pitch you das boot you absolute cock <laughs> if the weather gets good in the next 2 weeks i'm going to be very annoyed because that's like 4 hours isn't it uh i can't I it's ridiculously it long is, it is long and that is one of its downsides oh, i'm going through imdb to find a movie i hate Hold <laughs> yeah so but the reason i'm going to pitch it to you is because neither of mine go with this as a companion piece in any way. <laughs> I didn't way. think they would. So I've got a Blu-ray of the director's cut. Oh, because that's guaranteed <laughs> to be short and snappy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's about three hours. Right. But I know you're not keen on submarines and the concept of submarines. No, I. Okay, fine. If submarines are my phobia, we yeah. should probably say this. Yeah. And I, but but no, I don't think phobia is irrational fear. I think this is perfectly rational. It is a rational fear, absolutely. Mm. Is so. What I'm interested in. Do we do is, this now or do we unpack? Let's unpack this next week. Let's yeah, leave that as a hook. Yeah, that's sure. the clip. That's your cliffhanger. So Kieran hates submarines, the psycholog- and we'll explain why on the next episode. The psychological aspect of this that I'm intrigued in is so when we did Alien. Oh God! Yeah. You, you you found it scary. I was 35 years old. I had to watch it in two sections with yeah. the lights on. And you didn't really like it as a result. Um, Particularly. I think I respected it more than I liked it. Okay, right. And so, I was taken out of the moment by the shitty rubber suit when you finally yeah. get to see it. So, But that is designed to be a horror movie. It's designed to scare. Yeah. So this isn't. isn't. Mm. And what I want to know is... It's designed to bore you by being over three hours long and about a bunch of blokes trapped in a fucking tube. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, it's intense and interesting. And it's, I don't want it to be intense. But So this is the thing. I want to know is, will you get more out of it because you're... <laughs> you've got a fear of that suit. Like, will will this pull you into the film more because you relate to that fear or will it push you away from the movie? Mark That's, it. February 5th, 2016, <laughs> uh, episode 126 of Have You Seen? Kieran officially becomes a psychology experiment yeah. rather than a film reviewer. Absolutely. And that's that's kind of oh what my God. I'm really interested in. Because I watched it, I thought it was brilliant. And right. it, it really... Um, yeah, but you like bleak war-related stuff anyway. I, I do, but I'm going to read you the tagline because, <laughs> because this is... Oh, you've just reminded me, the tagline for 12 Angry Men. Yeah, it right. explodes like 12 sticks of dynamite. <laughs> Brilliant. The tagline for this is the claustrophobic world of a World War Two German U-boat. Boredom, filth, and sheer terror. <laughs> um, describes my flat anyway. Yes. Yeah, the describes a date I went on a couple of weeks ago. The uh, the uh, the kind of the, the basic kind of in to it is a journalist is supposed to be writing a sort of a propaganda puff piece right. about 
what it's like to be on a U-boat and basically finds out what it's like to be on a U-boat in, right. in, the, in the Atlantic <laughs> as they go and hunt um, aid convoys. Right. So And it, it's like a six, I can't remember how many months tour it is, three months maybe? I can't remember. But it's long, it's a apparently. long yeah, they go out for a long time. Um I will say that it is it is a bit too long and probably should be shorter. Mm-hmm. And I think the bit that is overly long is the first segment building up to where they get on the boat. There's a bit of unnecessary stuff there, I think. Um so it probably could be shorter, more concise. Um if if my Blu-ray does have an option for a shorter or a longer version, feel free to watch the shorter one. Right. Okay. Uh, I will check and because I, I want to try and re-watch it before I give you the Blu-ray. Right. So I might, if there's a more concise version, we'll watch that one. Because so it's going to be a month before we get to the next show. <laughs> yeah. So I'll see what I'll see what my Blu-ray's got, and we, we can we can decide from there. Um, but yeah, I'm just intrigued to see what you think because I think it is it's a good drama. It's an interesting subject matter and situation mm. and there are lots of interesting moral and psychological dilemmas and issues that get thrown up by being in that environment and also there's the the way it was technically shot is really interesting because they uh they call it a model but it was effectively a set mm. but it was to to scale right so i mean you could literally do that like put your arms out and touch each other yeah yeah, yeah. D- d- this is going well, over well as an audio frank, medium i mean i'm six foot so it probably would be less than that yeah, yeah. i've been on a, it's times like this we need a webcam yeah i've been on a, i've i've done a tour of a submarine yeah and i could not stand up to my full height at any point right inside it right that's how kind of like close it is. But when they made this movie, which was 81, mm. there were only a couple of Steadicams in existence. So the DOP created his own out of these massive whacking great big gyroscopes that he and his dad built. Right. Um, so the like the the cinematography in such confined space is really impressive because there are moments when they go into an alert where they like you are running through mm. this this uh, tiny tiny place. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff in there aside from um, will it scare the shit out of you or not, and <laughs> will will it pull you in or push you out? Right. So yeah. That's what I'm going to give you. Yay. <laughs> I can't wait. I still haven't decided what I'm going to pitch you. Uh, maybe this one because it's open. Yeah, why Are you not? Are going to toss a coin? You, well, I thought about that. But then I was trying to work out what I'd assign heads or tails to. Right. And I thought, oh, I'll just click this tab here. Um, You like a good bit of espionage, don't you? Yeah. You like a Bond movie? Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, go on then. You can have some espionage of a sort. Okay. Kingsman, The Secret Service. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, directed by Matthew Vaughan. Mm-hmm. He of Kick-Ass. Yes. Uh, and also written by uh, Matthew Vaughan and Jane Goldman of Kick-Ass. Oh, who did um, X-Men First Class as well. They did, yes. So we've covered so, both yeah, of those we've got ties. Before. We've got ties on here. Cool. Um, the basic plot, I guess, yeah. or the setup is... Um, there is a spy organization made up of middle and upper class spies. Mm. Um, most of the older spies will be in their 40s or 50s, and they will have a protege that they will nominate to essentially take over from them and right. to, like, to, to keep the recruitment rolling. Right. Um, and these usually come from the upper classes. Right. Colin Firth, however, mm. finds a chavvy little street twat who he sees potential in right. and recruits him. Okay. So it's his training and right. whether he makes it into the academy or not. Spoiler, because it's in the trailer, he does. <laughs> yeah. And then how he fares in the field. Right. Um, I liked it more than... Two of the four um, Daniel Craig Bond movies. Right. Um, it's rude. As you'd expect from the people who made Kick-Ass. Yeah. Um, it's rude. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, some of the action is excellent. Colin Firth gets a fucking blinding fight scene in right. a pub. Colin Firth <laughs> yeah. gets a fight scene yeah. and he's really good at it. Right. Um, 
uh i try uh, the there's a great cast uh uh so colin firth um mark strong essentially plays q right um mark strong's just brilliant in everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, oh, he's listed on IMDb, but I'm not going to tell you. Somebody very famous who doesn't do a lot of movies has a has a cameo at the beginning. Right. Um, uh, Michael Caine is essentially M. Right. Uh, and the bad guy is Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. But not in... You, when it says and Samuel L. Jackson, you're expecting the standard three scene cameo. Yeah, no, he is in much more of this film than you okay. would expect. Right. Um, when I watched it, there was one scene that rubbed me the wrong way, okay. and it kind of soured me. Right. And then I thought about it more, and we will cover. We'll definitely cover this on the next show because I think it's going to rub you the wrong way too. Okay. Until you really think about how it actually makes sense. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I can see how that sometimes yeah. happens. It seems completely egregious when you watch it. Yeah. But um in if this were to happen, this is exactly how this character would react. Right, okay. It's hard to say anything more yeah, without sure. okay. uh, but yeah, overall fine. and there's we'll also talk about something that a lot of critics picked up on and soured them on it a bit as well. Okay. All that right. didn't bother me so much. Fine. All um right. But overall, I really enjoyed it. It's it's just fun and fast paced and glossy yeah. and hilarious and makes sense and hangs together. Okay. Um, they make jokes about how modern Bond movies are too po-faced. What happened to all the ridiculous plots and them just being fun? Yeah. And this is just fun with a ridiculous plot. Right. Okay. Fair um, enough. So it's very self-aware as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, overall, South Vision, I just enjoyed it. It's available on various flavors of Netflix, which yeah, I can't on, remember at the moment. Um, it's on Sky as well. Yeah, uh, I also have a Blu-ray. Right, okay. Because as with many movies, I thought I see them on Netflix and think, oh, I'll pitch that. Or no, I see them on a plane, yeah. buy the Blu-ray thing, and I'll pitch that to you. And by the time we get round to it, they're <laughs> yeah, on they're... flipping Netflix and Amazon and all the rest yeah. of it. Um, so yeah, let's do that. I've been, I've been looking for an excuse to watch it again. Okay. Uh, so we shall do that. Perfect. Marvellous. So... If you have seen Kingsman the Secret Service or have suffered through Das Boot <laughs> or See, three hours cl- of it. You're already clouding it's it. It's three hours long. You told me a long time ago, we, we, we kind of had a joke about when it's cold in the winter, <laughs> yeah. we'll pitch each other a long film yeah, that yeah. we just have to stay inside at watch. Yeah, it's cold. Well, it's better today than it was two days <laughs> That's ago. true, yeah. Fair yeah, right. Anyway, if you've seen either of those films, you can tell us. On Twitter at HYS Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. The website is have you seen.net and the email address is podcast at have you seen.net. We also have a YouTube channel on which we occasionally, as in a couple of years ago, um, put um, little pitch videos for movies we have uh, seen and we're not going to pitch each other because we've both seen them and like them. Yeah. You're making motions. No, it's because I just remembered something I meant to tell you and completely forgot, but I'm not going to do it on there. Oh, fair. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, you can also see the epic video version of episode 100 where you can see us um, essentially futzing with iPads for an hour yeah. uh, and trying to make something, trying to make an audio medium, <laughs> a visual one. Yeah. Uh, and there is also Barry, our short film that mm. we shot a year ago yeah. now uh, and mm. released a few months ago yeah. to the channel. So, uh, yeah, go on, watch that. It's fun. Uh, shows we could do other things other than talk about yeah. movies. Hopefully, there'll be more shorts on the way. Actually, yes, there is a slate of ideas that yeah. are soon to become under. scripts. That beyond that will become films. Yeah, and end up on the internet. Mm. So we like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly if new show posts. We like retweets on Twitter again, especially if new show tweets. We like reviews and ratings on iTunes, especially those with lots of stars. And we like your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff we've covered. Thank you to... Hey, my phone's just killed over. Thank you to all of you for listening, especially if you've done any of those things. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for letting us into the submersible. Thank you to Alexia Marm for his uh, technical expertise and luxurious beard. And thank you to Nicola, the social media manager. Um, I think that at approximately one hour, that's enough waffling from us. Yes. We'll be back in our usual time slot of about two weeks. Yes. Yes. Yeah? No. No. No? Well, you're away, aren't you? Well, 
and we could we could I think Skype we, it. It might have to be a Skype one. Yeah, the next one. we can do that. I think yeah, the next one will have to be a Skype one. That's because fine. I think that week when you're here, I'm not, and when you're yeah. not here, I am. So yeah, fine. And then I go away for yeah. a little bit, and we'll have a chance to watch lots of films on a plane. Good. So I will have more fodder. Excellent. I hope. Yeah, I need to do a bit of a bit plane of a journey. Watch. Oh, we'll watch. Right, fine. To, to pick up some ideas. So we shall be back mm. at some point more regularly than usual. Yeah. Uh, hopefully in two weeks. Yeah, it should We're, be two weeks. We will be talking about Kingsman the Secret Service and uh, Das Boot. Uh, and until then, steer clear of submarines. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.